0: It's grades day here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. We're going to go over the good, the bad, and the ugly of the Steelers' win over the Falcons. Stars and skulls time, but we got to break down what's actually going down with Kenny Pickett and his wide receivers. George Pickens seemed very frustrated on the field, didn't talk to media after the game. Deontay Johnson had another rough performance. We're going to get the thoughts of Alan Saunders, who was there in Atlanta for the Steelers' win on how that situation is playing out and how the Steelers might handle it moving forward. All that and the grades today on the Tuesday edition of the Locked On Steelers podcast. Let's get into it. You
1: are Locked On Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: And welcome to the Lockdown Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Bringing you your daily dose of all things in the Pittsburgh Steelers, as always, you can find the show on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, and YouTube. If you're watching this video on YouTube, hit the like button on the video if you enjoy our show. Hit the subscribe button on our YouTube channel to get all of our daily Monday through Friday episodes, as well as our bonus content. We thank you for making the Lockdown Steelers podcast your first listen every day, because we're your team every day. As I said before, joining us again, recurring guest, Alan Saunders of SteelersNow.com, the Pittsburgh Now group. What is up, Alan? How are you doing? What's going on? I'm good good did you get any sleep after getting back from atlanta
1: i got three hours last night and then like Dang. snuck like an hour or two
0: on the couch uh, this afternoon
1: doing good you know for those football writer
0: stuff for those who do not know for those for the uninitiated alan saunders is the master of like covering five sports at once and never sleeping and still finding. this man drove through a snowstorm after a pit basketball game to cover a steelers game and i was just like why but he finds a way to do it. That's why you better check out all his work at SteelersNow.com now.com and Pittsburgh sports now and their whole network. Alan, I got to talk to you about the passing game. We saw the tight ends flare up really good game for Pat Fryman with touchdown catch from Connor Hayward. Good performances there. That group seems to be getting in sync with Kenny Pickett. The wide receiver room though, bit of a mess. Granted, Chase Claypool's gone and he's struggling with the bears and all that whole situation. But Deontay Johnson with another drop in this game, maybe two drops. If you really wanted to categorize it, ca- categorize it that way. Um, one that could have been ruled a fumble. It was eventually overturned, and given back to the Steelers, George Pickens, of course, two targets in the game and then seen visibly frustrated during it. They basically say, get me the ball in uh, more or less words. Uh, but, there was a lot. There's a lot of frustration going around with that group. And Kenny Pickett, at first, it was that he was getting the ball to George Pickens too much, and then not enough to Deontay Johnson. And then Deontay, Deontay Johnson wasn't taking advantage of his opportunities. What is your readout as far as how to fix that 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 quarterback wide receiver situation in Pittsburgh?
1: Well, I think um, I think Deontay Johnson needs to be the leader here um, yeah. because he's the guy that understands what's happening. Right. I mean, he, he, when, when he wasn't getting the ball, he might've been frustrated. There may have been some hands. There may have been some like, Hey, I was open. Um, but you didn't hear him saying, I need the ball more. All right. He understands what's happening. And what's happening is you have a rookie quarterback that in his first four games, turned the ball over nine times. Okay. And was one of the major factors in the Steelers losing several of those games. right? Yep. In the last four games, Kenny Pickett hasn't thrown an interception. He's being yep. smarter with the football. Okay, He's being deliberate with the football. And he's a rookie. Reading NFL defenses is very different than reading college defenses. One of the things that Matt Canada can do, that Kenny Pickett can do, that, that offense can do to make life easier on Kenny is he can take a pre-snap read and see where the defense is trying to take away from him. Are they doubling Deontay Johnson? Are they doubling George Pickens? Is there bail coverage where like, he's just not going to be able to beat a guy deep no matter what? And Kenny can just look the other way. He can look at the pre-snap read and say, that's going to be a low percentage pass to George no matter what happens. I'm going to turn my head over here and see what else. A lot of the Steelers' concepts are zone beaters on one side and man beaters on the other. Like That's kind of dumb if you have Tom Brady, okay. but if you have a rookie quarterback, you're just making life easy for him. It also means Mm -hmm. that sometimes one wide receiver is not going to get the ball for long stretches. Deontay Johnson knows that. He said that. He needs to be the one to get that to George Pickens and to not make this an issue for Kenny Pickett so that they can keep moving forward without Pickett feeling like he has to force things and then reintroduce those turnovers.
0: Is this an issue for Kenny Pickett? Do you think that him and George Pickens coming in as rookies, George Pickett's being a major presence from Georgia, they know his playmaking ability. Is this an issue where you think that Kenny Pickett's going to feel kind of some pushback and be like, oh, man, I got to change up what I'm doing right now? Or do you think he stays the course that's like, look, I need to do whatever I need to do to get wins. And if it means not getting the ball at George to George sometimes, so be it.
1: Well, I think that needs to
0: be Pickett's outlook
1: and i think the the person that's capable of fixing this is matt canada right he's got to find some ways to just like he did remember uh You know, we had a whole week of discussion about why aren't they getting Deontay the ball? Why aren't they getting Deontay the ball? And then he caught three passes on the first drive. I guarantee yeah. you that wasn't an accident, right? They teamed <laughs> up some stuff to get Deontay Johnson open, no matter what the coverage was, and then they did it. They can do the same thing with George Pickens. It's a little bit more difficult, right? Because Pickens isn't this versatile of a receiver. He doesn't have the route tree that Johnson does. There's only so many ways he can get open. He's not going to, you know, run slants for you. He's not going to run those uh, whip routes or, or, or seven routes and and just be this sort of underneath dominant guy he's a downfield threat and those passes are going to come with risk and that's risk that the Steelers are I think rightfully staying away from what they're doing has been working they won two games in a row um, you know there are some ways they can get him the ball but I don't think Kenny Pickett needs to be the one to be making big changes to what he's doing right now I think things are are moving steadily in the right direction for him and and, and that needs to continue i
0: I agree with that if you're the Steelers I the way I see the George Pickens situation is it a problem that he's complaining yeah sure and you saw Cam Hayward you know kind of getting get talking to him on the sideline there during during the game but at the same time I also feel like this is very manageable like you, you want receivers who want the football Antonio Brown before he was superstar Antonio Brown wanted the football and when they got him the football they realized oh that's a main facet of the offense that we could just be using every every day. And then it became the best six-year six run of an NFL wide receiver uh in, in the history of the game. But uh, you know, I, I look at George Pickens and I, and I see like you know some people complaining about about his demeanor. I, I think sometimes on the field he could contain it a little bit better. But I'm okay with him saying, throw me the ball, man. I want to be a playmaker. You know, I I think that there's a time and a place, and especially for a rookie, I I kind of be like, you know what, I, I I can deal with this because I feel like the Steelers have the leadership in place and the organizational integrity to be like, you know what, we're not. He knows, everyone knows that we're not going to just bow bow to this rookie. We are going to try to work him in because he's good. You'll want him to succeed. But there's, I'm not as bothered by him by him calling for the ball the as as much as he is. The only thing I'd say is like when you're on the field, kind of lessen the the frustration out there. Uh, because that's when you need to kind of be staying focused on just accomplishing the mission to get the win.
1: I'll use Mike Tomlin's words. I'd rather say woe than sick him.
0: Um, yeah, that's a, great, that's a great way to put it.
1: That's it. Like, like, I want him to want the ball. I'm glad he's mad that he's not getting the ball. Mm-hmm. That's great. Can he find a more constructive way to feel, like, channel that anger? Sure. But, like, <laughs> not a big deal get him the ball like and and don't make it a big don't make it an issue for your rookie quarterback that that, that's 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 to me i don't care if george pickens wants to go over to the wide receiver bench throw his helmet flip a cooler over i to me that's better than him going and getting in kenny's ear and then screwing up the whole offense that's just him. like it looks bad but like ultimately that's not hurting anyone else I, i i don't really have a problem with it at all i mean i I'm sure the Steelers would ha- really like him to not have like slow mo f words, uh, you know, with- <laughs> out, out there
0: on CBS. Uh, yeah, well,
1: <laughs> like it doesn't bother me any. I've heard it. I'm not offended. I'm sure somewhere <laughs> in branding is like this is going to cost you. Betty Crocker is gone. You know, <laughs> you know, from the endorsement <laughs> profile. But like, whatever. I-, I I I think it it doesn't bother. That doesn't bother me.
0: I hear you on that. We'll see how the Steelers progress moving forward mike Tomlin will speak noon on tuesday as well so we'll be going to hear that we'll see if he talks about that as all uh, by the way don't talk to mike Tomman while he's working if you haven't seen that video by the way it's a, that was a great video i don't care just just look up mike Tomlin working if you haven't seen it on twitter it's fantastic anyways we got to keep working because we got grades coming up stars and skulls Alan's going to see my grades and then give his reactions to my grades in a minute here on the lockdown steamers podcast but first We got to talk to you guys about LinkedIn and y'all know about LinkedIn. LinkedIn is the number one place that people go to to find jobs. So if you're an employer looking for their employees, it's the number one place to go find them. With every new potential hire, it can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You need to find the right people on your team to help serve small business, business fire in all cylinders. LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find people that you want to talk to faster and for free. You can create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of people of people over 810 million people. Then you just add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile. And that'll spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to Faster. Did you know every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn, post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with Alan Saunders of SteelersNow.com. You can check out all his work at SteelersNow.com with the entire team uh, that they've got there. They've got a, big, a good team there. Heck, I uh, used to be part of that team, so proud to see you guys striving uh, and, and doing well. But let's get into the grade segment. Now, if you're new to the show, uh, i bring up the Rubik for those who are, are, are familiar with the show. We're going to go for it over, just so y'all remember uh, Steelers grades. We have stars and skulls. We're not doing ABCDs, none of that. We want to make sure that we're doing something unique here. So we're using basically like how decals used to be used on helmets: stars, good plays; skulls, bad plays. stars. If you get one star, you had a good play, like a decent day. Two stars, you get a great play along to go, to go along with a good day. And then three stars means elite performance. Like this goes into your all pro resume in reverse. One skull means you had a bad play, but not like a terrible day, just didn't redeem your bad play. Two skulls means you had a bad game as a whole. Three skulls, all-time terrible, put them on the bench, you didn't have anything redeemable about your game. That being said, let's start with the worst of the worst, because one of the players that I talked, that we just talked about, is on that list for me, and that's Deontay Johnson with two skulls. There's no three skull guys in this game, and I was on the path to give. Deontay Johnson three skulls but he did an important catch on the Steelers final drive that got them a first down he had some other catches in the game where he at least provided something and I thought that those were important moments for the Steelers this week uh and so I was like well I can't give him three skulls but still there was a deep ball that I felt that he should have hauled in Allen that was that was thrown in his vicinity and he could have gotten his hands up but he kind of alligator armed it and then there was a pass that he caught that it should he should have caught over the middle that would have gone for at least a first down maybe a touchdown and then another pass where it was ruled an incomplete pass but it was it was originally ruled a fumble. There's so many moments that if you're wide receiver one you need to find a way to make that play especially with the money they're paying.
1: Yeah, I don't, you know, I, I it was I didn't really think any of them other than the one that was called a fumble were like egregious drops. The one in the back of the end zone, you know, I thought he made a nice play to clear the DBs hands. And then it, he just kind of hung in the air, like waiting for the ball there a little bit. I didn't really think any of those drops were, were heinous by Deontay Johnson, but I need him to make a play. Like, I, yeah. I just, like. He still I doesn't have a touchdown. I, I don't feel like like any of those are just like, oh, that's a horrible drop. Like, if I'm charting for, like, PFF or whatever, like in my standard is a drop is a, is a ball that an average receiver catches 90% of the time. I don't think any of those are that. Right, like, okay. like, but, but, I just, I need him to make a play. I and it, it didn't have to be all of them. Any one of them probably would have been good by me. Um, and the, it's not like they were easy catches. They were, they were not in the right spot. The timing was off on two of them. Um, just make a play, I, and and I think it all goes away. And he did that at the very end of the game on that third down, uh, or to get a first down. He was on second down actually, but uh, they just need more of that from Deontay Johnson. It's very frustrating. For a rookie quarterback that is going through it when it comes to reading defenses to find the open guy and then put the ball on him and then yeah. not make a play, right? Like that's already a struggle right now. He's got to make a couple of them. And, and I think he's able to, you know, if it was Steven Sims doing that, I think I would just say, well, look, you know, guys, just yeah. okay with Deontay Johnson. Okay, that's fair. Ability, and, and is making the money that he's got to come down with a
0: couple of them. I agree with you there. My other two skull guys, defensive line guys, Montrevious Adams and Tyson Alulu. Uh, granted Tyson Alulu didn't play a ton in this game, but he played enough where he, I thought he should have been better on the against the run. The de- the defensive front of the Steelers got blown apart uh, and blown off the ball a lot. And there's more more of those guys in the one skull group as well. Uh, but I just I do think it's it's making it even more loud and clear, Allen this team needs to invest in the interior defensive line on top of a lot of other things they need to invest in in the coming offseason but they need new fresh young blood that's going to be young physical or even veterans that are just physical and consistently there who can control the middle of the line of scrimmage
1: well i think you know it's interesting because their base defense has been so minimized over the last 10 years like yeah. they really barely play it um and so they haven't invested in guys that fit that nose tackle position for that for that 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 group, right? right? And Tyson Little is a defensive end. Like he's he played out of position at nose tackle for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, came back from this injury. I think those days are over. Like it's it's not working. Okay? Yeah. Um, it's it's just not. Uh, if, he, if they want to use him as the rotational tackle, you know, the fourth guy in line behind Hayward and Larry and, and Wormley, that's fine. He's not a nose tackle anymore. Um, nah. it's, it's over. And they don't really have anyone on the roster that looks like a nose tackle. I mean, they just don't. And it seems like, to me anyway, and maybe this is just my perception, I haven't put a lot of math to this, but that the, the run pass shift is coming back to the middle in the NFL a yep. little bit. I agree. I think they need a nose tackle. They, yeah. they need a guy that is a nose tackle, nose tackle, not just one that's going to play between two defensive ends, and we're going to call him that. They don't have one right now, and I think it showed in this game.
0: I, I think it is, too. Going on to the one-skull, guys, I threw Larry Joby in the one-skull category. He did have an impressive TFL in the game, uh, and there were moments I thought he was better, but still I felt like he wasn't doing enough in this game to just to, to you know where I where I know he could do better other guys I threw in here Miles Jack TJ Watt and Terrell Edmonds I know it sounds blasphemous to put TJ Watt in the skull category but uh I felt like there were too many times Allen, that he wasn't he was getting he was getting blown up in the run game and by by just a tight end blocking him it'd be different if you know a tackle on a tight end were blocking him and he was just getting and he was getting pushed back that's okay if you're if a if a team is devoting just a tight end to blocking T.J. Watt and and winning, that is a problem, and that's why I gave him one skull uh, a one skull there.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think
0: you know T.J. is obviously not 100, um, but yeah. and again, we I totally get that. But it's one of those things where if he's going to be out there, they got to find either find a way to protect him or he has to find a way to, to to be able to fight and win that spot. But I think obviously the problem is they don't have depth at outside linebacker.
1: You know, and they don't really have depth anywhere and, and you know the, on that front seven I think that's a big part of the problem um yeah I thought Jack and, and Joby were okay uh, just just okay um especially if, I, I see with ogan like it just doesn't seem like um he's got the legs he's out of the game a lot um yeah. and, and on those drives where you know, what happens is it's like if he doesn't make a play on first down, then they start running the ball second third down then he's out of the game now it's a backup now they're running even more like it, it, it's not um, it wasn't very consistent I think that's that's the big thing there honestly <laughs> I think you're a little friendly I co- probably could have found some more skulls to give out how about Steven Sims dropped a punt
0: um, you know I, I, I thought I thought about that I went back and forth because he had a couple good uh, jet sweep runs um, yeah. but that was a admittedly I kind of didn't care too much about Steven Sims in my grades. <laughs> I was like, yeah, he was the- I'm gonna look at other guys. Like I, just, I think that was that was my fault. I agree. And retroactively, he will get a skull for this game because he dropped a couple passes and fumbled a punt. That is that is not enough to make up for a. Well, that the the, the two jet sweeps was not enough for him to to make up for that. I agree with that as well. Um, yeah. I was gonna say we're gonna move to stars in just a minute because we got we got, we have one three star player and, and and different guys on on one stars and two stars so don't go away from the locked on Steelers podcast we will have that coming at y'all very soon uh, but uh, before we do any of that we have to tell you guys about the new podcasts that are coming out on audible because today's episode is brought to you by audible because they're releasing a new slate of football podcasts that we're sure you're going to love and that's why you'll be able to sneak find a sneak peek of this on of block forever their new podcast from ryan khalil on locked on nfl right now block forever is a brand new podcast hosted by former nfl all pro lineman ryan khalil and he gives you kids football fans and insiders look at the game through the eyes of the greatest players and personalities of all time khalil sits down with star players coaches Former pros across the league to get real. To get real insight about what happens on the field and behind the scenes inside the locker rooms, during team meetings, and back at the hotel. You'll hear from players like Christian McCaffrey about his talk, about his love-hate relationship with fantasy football. Juju Smith Schuster give his most honest opinions on other players and positions in the league, and so much more. New episodes of Block Forever will be recorded and released every week ahead of Thursday Night Football. So head on over to Locked On NFL to get a sneak peek of Block Forever or catch the full series available anywhere that you get your podcast because they're available right now, audible. Get in the game. Back here on the lockdown On Steelers podcast, I'm Chris Carter here with Alan Saunders, who thinks I'm too lenient of a grader here. I get that I'm too harsh of a grader a lot of times. People are like, that was, that was too many skulls. You can't be doing that. I'm, I'm sure I'm going to get some heat for for giving TJ Watt a skull uh, from, from this game, but Let's go to our one skull guys. We're going to start from the lowest. I I had a lot of one skull guys because I thought there were a lot of good role players in this game. I, I gave one to James Daniels. I thought he had a really good blitz pickup uh, at, and he had some decent bl- run blocking. Cameron Sutton. Got some. I thought he was sticking with it in coverage a lot. Uh, they came, went after him a couple times, but it wasn't anything egregious. I thought he was consistent. Benny Snell ran hard again. I give him a star. Cam Hayward, the one guy on the defensive line, I thought made a difference. Arthur Marlette only in there for like six plays, but made a play when he was in there. Presley Harvin with that important punt to pin him at the one-yard line. I give him points for that. I And other guys, I say Dan Moore Jr. I thought he didn't have a great game, but a decent enough game that he held his, held in there. Derek Watson, because every time he touches the ball, he gets first downs. Uh, it's it's weird, but he does it. core for even though he got hurt in the game. Connor Hayward for his touchdown run. And the unsung moment of the game for me, uh, uh, Alan, was when Malik Reid, drew that holding call on what would have been a touchdown in the fourth quarter for the Falcons, but he did a good job establishing, establishing with his inside hand, keeping his outside arm free. And it forced his man to have to go around and grab his other shoulder so he couldn't make a play. And when that happened, he threw his hand up in the air. The Steelers don't often get that call of holding, but he got it there and it saved the drive and maybe even saved the game. Alan, what do you think of my one-star guys here? It's a pretty good list. I think I put the
1: whole offensive line in that group. You have almost all of them there, right? Dot, almost all of
0: them. We dot, got, We remember, we got more stars to give out.
1: <clears throat> okay. Yeah. I think I'd have about the whole offensive line there. Um, Connor Hayward, I mean, it's hard to, it, it's hard to, it doesn't play that much, but that was a fantastic catch. I mean, it was. And really a difficult one, um, going down the seam that way to stay in the back. I think you're, I think you're pretty spot on there, though. Um, yeah, I mean I, I can't think of maybe like it could have put Zach Gentry in there. I thought he did some good blocking things too. Hmm. Um, but I, I think that's a pretty
0: solid list. Moving along to our two-star guys, and this is where I think it gets a little more interesting because there are some offensive linemen here, and okay. including on the offensive line, I go Kevin Dotson and Mason Cole. I thought the interior did a really good job. I give Matthew right because he continues to be great at field goals. And I thought he put the he put kickoffs in the right spots to help fight. Cordero Cordero uh, Patterson out of this game. Really good job for him. My other two-star guys, though, Kenny Pickett, Najee Harris, Pat Fryermuth, the holy trinity of the offense lately. Uh, But I I did this because I felt like Kenny Pickett was efficient in this game. Still not great, but he's doing really well for a rookie the past couple weeks. He deserves points for that. Also, Najee Harris, he was running angry and poised, and it seems like he has found what he was doing last year a lot as well. What did you think about some of the guys on offense? Because those are all offense and one special teamer. What did you think of those guys and what they contributed on Sunday?
1: I don't think I could put Dot that high. He had two false starts. Um, he did.
0: He did. I just felt he was so good in the run game. And, was, and it, it, yeah. I like
1: Cole being the guy of that offensive line that – um that kind of gets the, the bump over everyone else. You saw that kind of free edge rusher thing against the Colts that cleaned that up. I thought mm-hmm. they were better at sliding. That's the center's job to communicate that stuff. Nausea Harris was incredible. I think like that might be the best I've ever seen him run. It wasn't like statistically dominant, but he was right. getting hit at the line of scrimmage on every single play. Mm-hmm. And he was just making making yards. I, I thought he was awesome. Um Matthew Wright was outstanding four field goals, two of them fairly long. And yeah. then all the kickoffs, uh, we, we, didn't even, we didn't even remember Cordell Patterson was there until the third quarter. Um I, I thought he was awesome. And I think that was Kenny Pickett's best game. It, it wasn't. I agree. Nasty. It was just what he needs to be. And, and I thought he was really, really solid. Um, He, he did not do anything crazy to make that win for the Steelers, but he let the team win with him as a part of it.
0: No, I agree with that. I mean, like there's a couple passes you'd like to have back. Like there was the one pass to Pat Frymuth that sailed over his guy. But I mean, there were also so many plays that were left out there. You know, Deontay Johnson, the the shallow cross over the middle that if he finds a way to haul in, it's it's a, it's a big play. Uh, Steven Sims, the the low pass that he could have brought in, the pass on the sidelines where he went out of bounds. um, Yeah. More like, yeah, I keep more thinking about it. I need to give Steven Sims a skull, Uh, but uh, but, right. in serious, <laughs> right. um,
1: but in all seriousness, <laughs> right.
0: But no no, it's 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 I think it's fair. I think it's fair. I was just overlooking his his contributions or, or lack of contributions. Uh, In that situation, but like there were so many plays that I think he put the Steelers in position to make that they didn't come down with. That I felt like if they had them, if Deontay Johnson did have a game that would have been worthy of two stars, the Steelers win this game going away because they score more touchdowns early. I think it puts I think it puts a lot more pressure on the Falcons to have to throw the ball late, and then they don't run the ball down the Steelers' throats because Marcus Mariota has to take to the air because they got to preserve clock more late in the game. So all in all. I, I, I felt like that, but I agree with you. I think this was Najee Harris's best, like, tape game, if, if, if you will, what, yep. what he was able to do there. And I feel like he has, he has found the rhythm of when to trust his offensive linemen because that was – I think that was a big part of the problem was he didn't know when to trust certain gaps – I get with certain guys and now he understands, Hey, you know what? If this guy goes this way, I'm coming off his. I'm coming off his less butt cheek. If this guy goes this way, I'm trusting him or if these guys double team, I know they're going to handle that matchup and they're going to chip to the backer and I can get to this guy. Those things seem much more apparent now. And it was something that I was saying for a while. And I think you were saying as well, it takes time with a rookie quarterback, brand new offensive line it's makeshift doesn't have any stalwart players on it any first rounders or big money guys and a running back that's in his second year it was going to take time and i think we're seeing it take time also i think it, it's a shout out to people that were trying to call for pat myers head at the beginning of the season like it wasn't going to be a project to get there and he's doing a pretty good job
1: yeah i mean i don't think they're great no yet. like the falcons offensive line way better at run blocking yeah, oh absolutely like you saw the holes that Algier and yeah, Patterson like, had to cool. run through it was
0: truck lanes. And, mm-hmm. and Harris is like, Oh,
1: bang, bang,
0: oh right. Like he's, day he's, day he's ducking day? through guys to get five right. yards.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But I, I think the Steelers are just, they're doing a better job of, you know, actually it's funny. We were talking on Twitter last night about the Seattle Seahawks and what mm-hmm. they've done this season. I'm like, I saw the Seahawks in the preseason and I thought that might be the least talented team in the NFL. Like, they have no star players. DK Metcalf is yeah. physically impressive, but he's not yet a star receiver in this league. Might not ever be. Okay. They have no star players. None. Zero. Well, Is a Seahawk going to the Pro Bowl? No. Probably not. They're winning without elite talent because they're playing together. They have good scheme. They're minimizing their weaknesses and maximizing their strengths. I think you're seeing these Steelers get, get closer to that. Now we're like, hey, they're not good. And there's lots to nitpick about. Like Absolutely. I can sit here and 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 throw darts at, at any player on that team's game and, and find plenty of holes in it. But you know what? They're working together and it's getting better. And I think that's really all you can ask for.
0: I agree with that. Our final award of the evening is, of course, the three star award. This doesn't go out every week. We're giving it to one guy. Alan, I'm pretty sure you can guess who it is. You got to guess for me. I got to guess. Well, I think it's the guy that won the game. You agree with – you're a smart man. You're a smart man. It's Micah Fitzpatrick. You know, a couple weeks ago uh, – or was it last week? No, it was it was three weeks ago. It was when they beat the Saints. I had Wesley Euler on here, and the three stars were the Pigeons. Uh, because they came out and, and, and saved the Steelers. Uh, but no, but this week we do have a real three star guy, and it is Mika Fitzpatrick. I mean, it's not just the interception at the end of the game, he had a really impressive tackle during the game. He's just a, such a consistent presence. They, the Falcons wanted to take some deep shots in this game, they wanted to give it to Drake London and Demir Bird and make some easier drives for for them and not have to rely on their ground game all the time. and making Fitzpatrick when he's in there so often he just makes that not the case he did that in this game and then you get the coup de gras of the of this the interception on on you know to end the game and then to run out of bounds and to not take the easy points of running into the end zone I, I thought was a heads-up play he continues to be what I think is the MVP of this team I agree you
1: look at this Falcons passing Drake London six catches for 95 yards okay Drake London Obligate outside guy, right? Yep. Not part of Minka Fitzpatrick's sphere. That's just no. the corners, okay? Right? Everyone else, jeez, seven catches for seventy-two yards. Well, the whole mine. rest of the team had six other guys, by the way. Two yards, jeez. That's that, that that's says a lot. That says it all right in there. The middle of the defense.
0: That's what that is. <laughs> Don't throw here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I agree with you, but again, that's what he does. He makes it easy. It makes it so that the Steelers can survive without top-tier corner play. Now, if they want to be a serious contender moving forward, I think they need better corners. And you and I have talked about that during the offseason. They need to go and get themselves some real cornerback one type of guys that can live on islands and take away top receivers like Jamar Chase. But you also – can't always get that this year. They were they were kind of focused on trying to fix some other things. Next year, I'll be really intrigued to see if they go and get that that guy. But right now, Minka Fitzpatrick, he against teams like the Colts, like the Falcons, that he's been able to make it not matter as much. Uh, and and then also he's able to close out games. It also seems like he has a weird nose for the football. When it, like there's so many times like the Ravens game so two years ago, too. I felt that interception yep. coming for like three weeks now, where he yep. was just like a hair short. Of making mm-hmm. that
1: exact play several times, and then I don't know, like you said, like it's he's got this thing where it's like, oh, this is the biggest moment of the game. All right, this I'm gonna is make This will be what
0: I break through <laughs> and do. <doing." laughs> that's that's what great players do, and it's a, it's a weird, intangible. Like I can't. There's no PFF stat for that. There's no. There's no thing. There's no number for that. It's just an is. Troy Polamalu had it, and I'm not saying he is Troy Polamalu. we on that level yet, but. He makes those types of plays so many times for the Steelers and he did it again Sunday. I give him a three-star award there. So there you have it stars and skulls, another week of grades in the books. I got to retroactively give Steven Sims one. I'll do that in my, in my grades here. Cause Alan Saunders is such a harsh grader. He has like, he's He brought the red pen out on these guys. Uh, but absolutely. Alan, thanks so much for joining me here on the lockdown Steelers podcast. It's always a lot of fun to have you here. Let people know they can find you, follow you and get more of your work.
1: Yeah, Steelersnow.com for all the Steelers stuff. Um you can check out the whole network of, of sites too, Pittsburgh Sports Now, uh covering West Virginia and and Penn State and the Pirates and the Penguins and all all, all kinds of good stuff. Um at Twitter Saunders PGH and uh, I don't know, that's it,
0: I guess. Absolutely. He's everywhere. So do check him out. Alan Saunders. He is the man. I'm Chris Carter. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Carter Critiques. You can find me on this show Monday through Friday, hosting the Locked On Steelers podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, and YouTube. Like the show if you enjoyed it. Subscribe to this YouTube channel to get all of our daily Monday through Friday episodes. Thanks so much for checking us out again. You can also find my work at the Pittsburgh Post Gazette. Thanks so much again for everyone for tuning in. I'll be back Wednesday with more on your Pittsburgh Steelers right here on the Locked On Steelers podcast.